1: Ty's got good hair.
2: Last night was a little different from some of the matchups that Eric Moselman and Chris Beard have gone head-to-head. And Arkansas again gets... Pretty destroyed in Oxford, Mississippi in the pavilion. Almost got a good basketball team and definitely thought more of now this season than they were preseason, the Southeastern Conference. Chuck joins us momentarily. He's still in Oxford. We're gonna catch up with him coming up in just a sec.
3: Yeah, let me tell you first about Modular Orange. I'm in fact I'm working with two different clients today that I have recommended Modular Orange to build their website. They're gonna work with them from ground up. They don't have their domain name or that would be like the name like hitthatline.com is our domain name they you got to get that registered and you got to go online and and secure that and set the account up they're going to do all of that for them i mean turnkey take care of everything from getting it set up and registered to helping them write the website to figuring out how many pages they need it to designing all the look and feel of it uh launching it hosting it securing it and there will be no money exchanged till this thing is ready to go And then it's $95 a month. That's what makes it such an attractive option is it's easy to build in even the smallest business's budget, a great-looking website that will make you appear bigger than you are and will give you a great first uh, perception, first uh, impression with any new customer or client. Here's their phone number. Call Jordan or Jill. They do such a great job, and uh, I trust my clients to them. I can trust your business, not even knowing what it is to them as well. 479-755-3043. 7553043 or go online to modularorange.com and they'll have you up and running within 30 days. Chuck
2: it's national Irish coffee day. It might be an Irish coffee top of morning <laughs> after uh, last more, night. More
3: Irish less coffee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. I mean, it was uh it was a bad loss. I've not drank Irish coffee in the morning in a long time, but you know, maybe I could uh maybe I could force myself today. I don't know. And again, it's not
2: going to get any easier on Saturday with the Kentucky Wildcats coming into yeah. town. Um, I, you it, look at the SEC right now, and I, I, I initially I was looking at this schedule because uh, I love looking at the basketball schedule like I could do for football. I'm thinking their, their schedule is way more backloaded than it is. But these teams that again, like South Carolina, Ole Miss, Georgia, that were I just assumed going to be underwhelming
1: they're 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 battling every night real deal yeah Yeah. i
2: mean we saw what they did on tuesday night
1: well when you when you're one at five and you've lost five of six i mean let's be candid everybody looks pretty good you know right now you look around the league and when you're at the bottom looking up toward pretty much everybody else they're going to look better and georgia's better and there are other teams that are better Uh, south carolina's better and um, you know, LSU's gotten better, and Arkansas's got to go there next week. So um, that's just kind of how it works. But when you're struggling the way Arkansas is right now, there's there's not any game that you go into that, that doesn't appear to be really tough.
3: And when you're struggling, it seems like sometimes everything that can go wrong will go wrong. You, you start out with Tremont Mark not playing, had migraines. Brazil goes down with knee soreness and an injury on an awkward I don't know if it's an awkward fall, but just an awkward play where he kind of goes head over tea kettle to the floor. And, I mean, it—it it, just that, that was one thing. Devo doesn't play but about seven minutes in the game. You had Khalif Battle uh, go down for part of the game but came back. Mitchell gets hit in the mouth, uh, goes out for a while. It just seemed like anything that could go wrong, Chuck, as I was listening to you describe the game, did go wrong. Well, it
1: did. And, you know, the turnovers early on were what did them in. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, when when your disadvantage in points off turnovers is 17-2 to two at the half, by the time they got it corrected, it was pretty much over. I mean, they didn't turn the ball over the last, I want to say, six, six and a half minutes of the first half. But the game was pretty much in hand for Ole Miss at that point. I mean, there was still time to make a run, but... I don't know how many people really thought it was going to happen just, just to be real blunt about it. Uh, They did get that corrected. Uh, They made a few adjustments and, and got that part corrected, but Ole Miss is better, you know, and, and and as much as I hate to say it, I mean, Ole Miss had better players last night. You look all over the floor. They had better players. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, It was, um, it was not close. Arkansas has trailed wire to wire in three of their five losses. And, that's um, that's pretty remarkable.
3: Yeah, points off turnovers. I heard you reference this a couple of times, but ended up twenty-two to four. At one point, it was seventeen to two, and those are the kind of numbers that get you beat, particularly on the road.
1: Well, and you know, you look. I mean, it's, uh, that's that's five points off turnovers in the second half that you gave up. That's not bad. But the problem is Arkansas can't force turnovers. It's such a low-volume steel team. They don't get points off turnovers. I'm as alarmed by the four as I am the twenty-two. Um, now, 22 is enough to get you beat, certainly. But they're not forcing turnovers themselves, and they're not scoring. So, consequently, when they give it up and the other team gets a basket off of it, um, you know, there's a real swing involved there because you're not going to be the type of team that forces a turnover and gets it back.
2: Dennis J. Harris got the start last night. He forced an early steer in well, midfield, I think, took it to the basket. And I was thinking, okay, they might they might force some, and it just never – never materialized after that. He did appreciate what Musk said to you and then and the post-game press conference as well, he felt like their effort was there, just the execution wasn't. And again, what has been a staple of Musselman's team's the last three years is forcing turnovers. And I, I keep coming back to this linked aspect that you don't have at the one and two position that you've had the previous three years. And I know you can't really do anything about it now, but I would be shocked if we saw in the portal this... This upcoming cycle, that he did not go after guys in that six five six six frame, like his two recruiting class. I mean, his two guys he's bringing in one six eight and Jalen Shelley, and then the Sierra Nevada kid, uh, Elohim, I think is six five. So both those guys are in kind of the frame that I expect him to again go back after and like these smaller guards that
1: he got in this past cycle. Well, I suspect he will too because he said he would, and he's 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 already said those are the guys that he's going to go after in the uh in the in the next cycle um you know there's just uh, there's a lot of issues on this team right now uh the inability to force turnovers is one of them uh certainly certainly that is an issue uh, right now i agree with you that length is part of it but by the same token you can still force turnovers without a six six point guard you don't have to have a six seven point guard to be a good defensive team you don't have to uh, have guys all over the floor that are six, six, and six, eight to be uh, to be better with the basketball, uh, or to force turnovers on the other side. I do think that's part of it. What you're saying, but. I think it's only part of it because yeah. they could be better than they are despite some of the physical disadvantages they might have there.
2: And we've kind of, again, we've mentioned rebounding, we've mentioned turnovers, and must just keep saying the th- same thing. They're just not doing a lot well right now. We're not shooting the ball well. We're not defending well. You know, we turned the ball over to start the game way too much, got the turnovers a little bit under control. Thought we moved the ball better tonight. And then we had, with our 13 assists on the 17, made field goals, but, I mean, you just go up and down the 2-for-9, 3-for-10, you know, 1-for-5, 0-for-5, oh you know, got to make shots. And certainly, you know, defending becomes a problem. We were we were up on the glass at one point, rebounding the ball. And, and then, you know, the second half, the, the rebounding was heavily, you know, tilted towards Ole Miss.
1: See, I think that's an area right there that that, that really perhaps gets mentioned less than it should. You know, they were minus 11, in sec games going into last night and then they got out rebounded by 19 i've not done the average uh, you know the updated average but i know it's not good and um when they miss they're getting one shot and the other guys unfortunately are sometimes getting multiple chances mm-hmm. and again you know i don't think it's effort i, I mean i watch the games it, it's it's not like these guys are um you know, necessarily going in there and, and, and wilting. Um, I think there've been more physical players that have pushed them around. Some, I don't think they're connected defensively. When one guy gets blown by, nobody comes over to help. Um, and too many guys are, you know, having players blow by him, uh, all over the floor. But, uh, it's frustrating when not much is going right.
2: Yeah, you mentioned, again, getting out-rebounded, um, not just last night, but w- what I think I heard you and Matt talking about is this Ole Miss team had gotten out-rebounded a good chunk of the season. So you kind of thought you had a a similar level of confidence, comp- at least in that area. Now, there's other areas they were better in Arkansas at, but I was thinking, okay, Arkansas won't get pounded on the glass last last night, and they yeah.
3: did. If I did, if I just figured it right, just a quick look at all five Box scores: You are minus eighty in rebounding margin in the five oh, SEC games. If I geez. if I did the math, total to rebounds, head, to, 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 total rebounds, total yeah. rebounds minus eighty and in the five. That games.
2: was the uh, that was the major issue in. Mus- I did the math right in my head. I think it did with Mus' first team is they were so small they again, got pounded on the glass, but that team, as he often refers to, made up for it with the number 1 three-point defense in college basketball, and you had a guy in Mason Jones that could get a shot anytime he wanted, Isaiah Joe with an NBA player, and you could make a case, as odd as it is in year five, that that team would beat this year's team. So where does that is to say? I think it'd be a close game, it'd be back and forth, but I think there's a legitimate case that his first team here at Arkansas would beat this year's team. And I hate that we're uh, I haven't even contemplated that conversation. But that team, well,
3: uh, while, while they're at, at some point, this is just a one-off, right? I mean, so at some point, or maybe that's what we want to tell ourselves. But I don't think you have a structural or foundational issue with your program or a, a coach that's just uh, you know just 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 playing out the string here. I mean, he he bet on the wrong horses, and in the end, the pieces he brought in that seem very talented can't play enough defense to win you ball games. I I, I think much, next year will be a much different story or at least I think that's what we all got to tell ourselves at this point well it's 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 not going well and oh. I think that you know we all have
1: hoped that it would be like some other years and there would be a turnaround unfortunately there's no sign that that's going to happen uh, in fact there are signs that it may go the other way just just to be very honest about it I think that is the way most people view it right now is this is going to be a one-off and Things will be better next year based on what we've seen the previous four. Mm-hmm. And I think there's every reason to believe that. Here's the unfortunate part. You've still got two-thirds of the conference season remaining. Yep. And you've got to play this out. You know, this isn't like TCU and women's basketball where you just say, hey, we don't have a chance to win, so we're going to forfeit, uh, and then just not go. You can't do that. you got to go play. And so um, nobody's going to have any mercy on them either. You know, Jimmy, I didn't watch the TV broadcast, obviously, last night, but I read something about, you know, Dyke said or read in the paper this morning where, you know, Dyke said basically, hey, if they don't grow up in a hurry, they're going to get embarrassed multiple times before this is over. And I can't argue with that.
2: Uh, they again and it could happen on saturday against kentucky with their team coming in hey let me
1: say this though i'll bet you arkansas plays with as much effort saturday as we've seen them play with since the duke game i'll bet you that happens i'm not saying they're gonna win i'm saying they'll play with that much effort it's that kind of team you just don't know
3: yeah but it seems like it's feast or famine in the in the A&M game the one SEC win they have at this point Arkansas virtually led wire to wire A M had 6 seconds of time in the lead you look at the losses for Arkansas in the 5 SEC games they've lost you can bind up the the time that Arkansas has led in those games across those uh across those losses i've got it at 6 minutes and 25 seconds total in those yes. games you've had another one last night South Carolina game where you didn't lead a second so i mean yeah, this to, is the to, third point, wire to wire to, to the point of the embarrassment. I mean, these are games where you're you're not, you know, you're not losing at the end. This isn't, you know, hey, we're close. I mean, it's not close at this point. Yeah. Well you mentioned effort. Uh, I know that
2: when people talk about Devontae Davis, that's something that they mention of his strength and uh didn't play in the second half. Coach got asked about it after the game. Here's what he said.
1: Was Devo not playing the second half? Was that coach's decision or was he healthy? Yep. Yep, yep. he's healthy.
2: Again, I think one of the the difficult issues and parts of this year's team is the supposed leader, and I realize that this is a veteran team in the sense of the college basketball veteran aspect, but is not a veteran Arkansas team. The guy that a lot of fans expected to lead this team, and I would guess, and I could be wrong, I would guess the coaching staff expected to lead this team has not been a leader this year based on what's happened off the court, based on what's happened with a couple incidents. And then last night is just another example. And I realized what happened in Maui last year, and there's been other. But when push came to shove, especially in the NCAA tournament, he came and you made a good point the other day. It's like you've also got to get to the NCAA tournament. But that's a huge issue is, again, when Eric Mussman needs a guy to lean on, and it should be Devo, he can't lean on him right now. And that affects the rest of the team. When one guy is allowed to run amok and do whatever he wants – like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay at one point, it affects the psyche of the team. They feel like, well, this guy's doing what he wants. Why should I have to do what I want? Why should I have to do what the coaching
1: staff says? Well, I don't think Devo's running amok. If he was running amok, he'd have played last night. You know, I mean, he put him on the bench, and you know, that was that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a situation where the team sees Devo doing whatever he wants, and um, I don't, I don't think it's that way at all. Um, I just think that. He's not playing well right now, just like everybody else. And this is what happens in bad seasons. Things go from bad to worse sometimes. Uh, Guys let go of the rope. That's what happens. Um, This is not unique to Arkansas. We've seen other teams at other places have bad years, and what happens? Guys begin to check out. I'm not saying that happened last night, but he did not play in the second half, and I think he finished with seven minutes of action. Now, let me say this. Um, I do not like throwing players under the bus. I do not like that. I listen to us in football season crucify coaches for breathing wrong. And sometimes in other sports, we throw the players under the bus. I don't like that. Um, When a team has a season like Arkansas is having, it is a breakdown on multiple fronts. And everybody shares a hand in this. There's no one that is more to blame necessarily than others. I realize as fans, it's easy to point and easy to blame. But when you're 1-5 and and the season's very quickly slipping away from you, um, that's not the time to start throwing people under the bus. That's what teams that continue to lose do. And uh, I don't like that. I do know people are doing it, and I understand why. I really do. But, um, you know, this is is a breakdown from the top to the bottom, as it is any time a team has a bad season. Um, I hope they can turn this thing around. I hope for all of them that they can. I know they're frustrated. I know they're suffering right now. I see it. Um, but at this point, it's, it's, it's just hard to look at it and, and, and think that, you know, that's, that's going to happen with any consistency as we go along. Hey, let's pause for just a second. I want to talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home, Uh, those of you who find yourself in the real estate market. Let me recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, to you. I do that for multiple reasons. Number one, my experience. Uh, That's really what I can speak to the best. Uh, More than once, as a buyer and a seller, I partnered with them, and more than once it worked out exactly the way that I hoped it would. What I found was that I was dealing with a professional every step of the way, and I think now more than ever, you need that. You know, when you keep up with what's going on in the housing market, uh, the economy, all the things that are going on, you want to make sure you partner with someone who really understands what all that means, understands uh, what it means where you are, the location of your home, the location of the home that you're trying to buy, if you're building someone that's got relationships with builders, all those things come into play. And you'll find that at Wiker Realtors, the Griffin company. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now. And you can always log on to WeickerGriffin.com.
2: So if we step outside of the, the player sphere for a sec, and I think you have to look at, again, we mentioned the type of players that must recruited a little bit earlier. They made a He and the coaching staff made a mistake by not getting big men. Because even last night, Against Ole Miss, who is not a great offensive rebounding team or overall rebounding team in the conference, pounded you on the glass. When you've got again, Trevin Brazil, I know is at six ten, and Makai's about that as well. But those and Makai's a little thicker. But you just have no beef. So when you go up against Seven Footers or, C- or Suse or C.C. Ivory's name last night and you go up against the likes of Big Z and some of the other guys that Kentucky's rolling about when Tennessee comes in here and what you saw. What I don't understand is, again, you lost the last two or three years. You've lost to big men oriented teams in the NCAA tournament. That's what's killed you. You lost to Connecticut with Sonogo. Two years ago you lost to Mark Williams, and then you lost to Paolo Bancaro. Three years ago it was a guard-oriented team. You didn't address that issue at all. And I I I I just I would love to hear Eric Musselman's explanation of why they didn't add any beef. Because, again, I understand... Well, they've got a press conference, you, and you can go out. I, I understand the guard aspect. We brought that up. They needed scoring. They felt like they were a bad shooting team. They needed to add scoring. I get why he went guard, but I don't... I, again, it's like you almost added too many. You don't have well, any of
1: that at all. Uh, uh, now, 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 big guys inside and guards and stuff, I hear what you're saying. But think about this for a minute, Ty. We, we've gotten this idea that the only people that can rebound and the only people who can score inside are big, thick guys. Who's the greatest rebounder of, of, of our generation? Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. He's not a thick guy. Look at Arkansas history. Look at some of our great rebounders. Derek Hood, even Nikki Davis, all the way back to Dean Tolson. These aren't big, thick guys. Now, I'd love to have what you're talking about. I'd love to have Mark Valley. That guy that Baylor had a few years ago, that big, thick guy. I'd love to have a guy like that, but we don't.
3: Ring in the New Year
1: in style at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian dining room. The festival party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine, and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE 2023 or call 501-623-7777.
2: So as you've listened to this radio station, wherever you're listening or hit that line to come, you've, you've known the last few years that I am kind of an unorthodox guy. I like pizza more than steak. I grow my hair out and get one haircut. A year. I just do things differently. Well, I was reading this, uh, this survey. Apparently the average American eats pizza three times per month. Uh, Tommy and Christian were eating some during the break. I had it last night. I'm going to have it tonight. I'm going to have it on Sunday. And I had it this past Sunday. So, and Chuck, I know you mentioned earlier, you had it last night. So our Morning Rush Daily question is, how many times do you think you eat pizza per month? Guys, mine is, no joke, probably 15. Pre- half, the, half the month, near I that. probably eat it 15 times. And this, apparently the average, according to the the data, is the average American eats pizza three times per month. That's probably about, about right. So I'm five times the uh, the average American, I guess.
1: Well, good for it's you. It's a lot of pizza. You're young; yeah. it doesn't uh, doesn't affect you now. You keep doing that, and you'll pay for it later. It'll
2: come back to you know, what does it say? The chickens come back to the roost.
1: You'll feel it on your waistline. Yeah. You'll feel it. chickens yeah. will come home to roost. Right. Yes.
3: What do you, so you think three times is you? I had pizza Sunday, and I had pizza. I had a slice of. I don't. Does having one slice of your leftover pizza count as having pizza? I would say so.
2: Yeah, you can count that into. I would question. say
3: about three times a month is when I have what I have pizza. What about I, now? But now my kids and my wife. I'll come home from a ball game or whatever. They'll, they'll have had, you know, something delivered. So they're they're probably more like twice a week. Don't you love that delivery fee? Mm. <laughs> yes, I do, Ty. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Chuck? How many times you have pizza? You you, you sit the sarcasm. I would say on average probably uh, two or three. Football and basketball season. Like when I travel, mm-hmm. I eat a lot of pizza. Way too much pizza. Yeah. Other months when I don't travel, probably don't eat it. Maybe. Once every See, couple of months,
3: pizza is one of those things, and I know what you know, Chuck's around the team, and they get pizza delivered. If it's there, it's it's so convenient just to grab a slice or two. Oh, well, oh it, absolutely! It, it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like box. Kinda, it's yeah, it's kind of like having a uh, uh, open bag of chips. You can't just go buy. I mean, if there's pizza, you're going to grab it and you're going to eat it. But but if given your choice between pizza and we'll go get you know Jersey Bikes or something, All you're right. probably doing something different. But it's just it's too easy.
1: All right. Here's the big question: You guys, thick or thin crust? I'm thin crust.
3: Like I'm, I'm thin, thin crust. crust guy. Thick. I like it thick. Thin.
1: Really? Okay.
3: All right. Yeah.
2: Yep. I thick's the I Chicago style. I don't get it that much, but thick's the way to go. We got plenty of well, uh, responses. Hand
3: tossed or I mean, there's a difference. There's the the thin crust, and then there's like what we just had was kind of more of a hand toss. Then the Chicago styles, you know, the way a whole go. different. Now I, I like the Chicago style. Is it, is
2: it bad of me, you know, when they have uh, food out for media or just at an event, if I take an entire box of something, like the pizza you're talking about, like in Gainesville, for example, I just took one of the, I was doing the show, I didn't want it to keep going back and forth. I just took a whole box. We were doing the post game show after that win. I feel like we des- we deserved a full pizza after. Oh, you deserve. Beating four. You deserve. Yeah. Okay. After the, the guys beat four. Yeah, you were
1: out there making plays all day.
3: Yeah. You earned that pizza. <laughs> Thanks. How many sacks did you have that day? Uh,
2: oh, you sacked one, bo- one really, box of pizza. Yeah, one box right. of there we pizza. There we go. Joe and ba- Jasper likes breakfast pizza. Jerry says he has it twice a month. Text to the 479 once a month. Michael says maybe once a year. Tyler Greenwood says pizza fi- once five. a year. Yeah.
1: I mean, how do you how do you even
3: stop at Casey's to get a? Oh,
1: that's one of those healthy guys that runs oh. about ten miles a week and <laughs> looks down on people that eat thick crust pizza like Ty. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: let me tell you something. Pizza's better than steak, and I say now some that's things, where you're just wrong. And I say, oh, some now things that's insane. No, you That is insane. Now you're losing nope. credibility. Nope. Oh jeez! I will. If let, let, let right. me tell you something. If I was accused of murder, there's
1: nothing you say the rest of the morning that's going to resonate with a thinking person. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone. <laughs> I just think it. But if I, I'm not, I mean, come that. on! You can't say pizza's better than steak.
2: It is. Give me a break. You're pizza's better than out of your steak. Mind. No, no, I'm not. And and I'm not kidding. If I was on death row, if I did something just inexplicable, uh, absolutely worthy to be accused and. Whoever Sarah Hugby Sanders, whoever's supposed to puts me on trial and says you're guilty. Last meal the the death sentence, I would ask for a pepperoni and mushroom pizza cooked well done.
3: I would not ask for a steak. That's hey, just wait. that whole that whole scenario. Be arranged. Arranged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. know. Hey, me and Chuck know
2: people <laughs> you can frame me for frame me for something. I don't know who. Uh, How soon do you want that delivered? <laughs> well, I take one right now to be medium perfect. or large. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one tonight. <laughs> Derek's on my side. Thank you, Derek. A good pizza beats all. You know, there's an old phrase. Yeah. A good or bad pizza is like so and so. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Derek, you're 100% right. You can't say the same about a steak. A bad steak is a bad steak, and it's not good. Pizza, different story. Derek's right. I'm right. You guys can be on your island full with 99% of the people on this planet. Me and Derek will be in the 1%. Well, no
3: one were right. I know no one knows how to turn a phrase quite like you, but, you know, misery loves company. <laughs> Clearly stupid thought does too. <laughs> Cause anyone that thinks a pizza's better than filet mignon, I'm... Uh, I, I I just don't know where to go with you. Well,
2: that's where I stand. Love me or hate me, I always tell the truth. Well, we love you. I don't hate you. No. I'm just saying
3: that's silly. Oh. Well, I'll say it's stupid.
1: <laughs>
2: silly, stupid, <laughs> same thing, same difference. Again, that's our Morning Rush Daily question. How many times do you eat pizza in a month? I'm sick of talking about this basketball team. I'll wait to talk about them tomorrow because otherwise they'll just be ticked off the rest of the day. I guess we're going to have to do that with Tom coming up. I regardless. brought to you
3: by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer, Log on at redriverdodge.com.
0: This hour of Chuck Barrett on the morning rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. You know, Tom, I guess we have to ask you about this game last
2: night. Maybe we saved the, the pizza discussion for later, but Arkansas basketball falls to one and five in the conference and Chuck made a good point over earlier zero rebounds at the center position last night. Arkansas all been pounded on the glass and sec play. You think that's their biggest deficiency through six conference games?
4: Wow. Hey, good morning guys. A lot to digest there. And I have to say, I give it to you for, uh, watching or listening to the game all the way through and then getting up at the ungodly hour and Chuck, uh, props to you for coming back at whatever hour and being on the show. So good job. I love pizza. I'll talk about it all day. Um, probably twice a month, and you know, rebounding is one of the problems. I also think they just don't set each other up very well offensively. They're not well connected, as I mentioned on Tuesday, but they were within, I think they out-rebounded them in the first half, but it was very, very close. And then, as the game wore on, it just got to be where they were hardly getting anything, and, and Ole Miss got a n- numerous amount of offensive rebounds, and uh, just just another head-scratcher as to how they've gotten into this position?
2: So Tremont Mark doesn't play last night. He's dealing with migraines and uh, didn't has been dealing with them fairly since Monday. Trevor Brazil knee soreness that's I think Monday as well, and that definitely impacted last night. Tom, are you expected those two guys to to suit up and play on Saturday against Kentucky?
4: Well, I didn't hear anything further on Trevor Brazil yet, but I guess it happened on that play where he went up over um, Sharp. Mm-hmm. So uh, he shot the free throws after that. So maybe it was just a more precautionary. But I'm sure we'll find out in the coming days. Um, and you know, unfortunate for Mark, I did not know he was a guy who had to deal with migraines, uh, which are a real pain. I understand. So, uh, but you know, they beat Duke without Mark, and and I thought sometimes when you when you take away, I mean, I think you guys had this discussion before that. You know, you don't want anybody on this team to get hurt. <clears throat> but, you know, like when Mark was out, I don't know, it, it shortens the rotation. It puts more on other people. And um, so I don't know how they'll respond against Kentucky. But, you know, we've been hearing, I uh, said it last night, they started one and five in conference play last year. And so I went and looked it up. and sure enough, one and five, you know, one of the worst ones in there was a a big, they gave up 97 points to Vanderbilt last year. And they were one and five, and they started to the come back with a home win over Ole Miss. Um, you know, went on the road and beat Kentucky. In fact, they went back-to-back games at South Carolina and Kentucky, and then got on a roll. So, <clears throat> but I do believe, looking at this team, that they're in a different predicament than last year's one and five. It just seems like Eric Musselman's a little more frustrated uh, with you know everything he's having to deal with on this team, and so. Um, it looks like it could end up being a, a pretty frustrating season when it's
3: all said. Well, they give up ninety-seven to Vanderbilt this year. That's going to be a, a different discussion with a different tone at that point. <laughs> but here is the difference in one in five this year versus one in five. I don't have the box scores in my hands from last year, but in the five losses so far this year, they've gotten beat wire to wire in three of those five, and the other two they let a combined six minutes, six minutes and twenty-five seconds. So combined hmm. in those two games. So the difference is in the games they, they're losing out. In fairness, they beat A&M nearly wire-to-wire. Wire. But, um, you know, Tom, they, they, they're getting blown out in these games. they are really never giving themselves a chance to win. And last night's another example where the game's over in the first few minutes due to turnovers.
4: Yeah, it really was. I mean, the, the, the Georgia game, there was it was a little closer. But, yeah, the Florida game, it just got out of hand so fast. And then they have a little spurt. And let's say you outscore them 8-1 to one over a small spurt. And, but that brings you back to within like nine or something. And then last night, it was the three point play by battle that brought them back to within six. And you're like, okay, you know, if they can keep this up. But they didn't. They didn't hit a field goal for the last 407 of the first half and only hit two, three free throws, I believe. Um, and then they end up trailing by, I guess, 12 at halftime. So. Yeah, you're right. Um, other team I tell you, other teams now when they know Arkansas is coming up, they're like, "We we push the ball to the hole, you know. We stay connected. We're gonna we're gonna be able to beat these guys." And and it's it's just the unfortunate fact of where
3: they are right now. Yeah, and I think it was Jalen Murray, maybe, maybe right off the tip, they go right to the hole. I mean, no defense of the basket at too many times. I mean, it's just some of the same song, second verse type stuff. But um, too many just easy points and. Uh, you know, when you get beat twenty-two to four off points off turnovers, that that's just a a hard one to overcome.
4: It really is. Uh, Ole Miss got to the to the rim so many times. I mean, they they had a lot of dunks. Like when you're at home, those are the those are the games that when you're doing that, you know, you fire your fans up, and everybody on the bench gets happy because you're you're thundering to the to the rim and, and slamming and um, you know, we've seen that a whole lot with Arkansas in the last few years, and so you know how that feels. And I mean, I'm listening to Chris Beard's post game, and it's like the things he's saying. It, it's not disrespectful. It's just like, well, when you have a lead like that, he goes, "We had four guys in double figures, so the scoring was spread out." And you know, in a game that's closer, and a game that's not out of hand like that, we'll probably get a fifth guy in double figures. Well, he's not. He's not trying to be disrespectful. That that was just the truth of where they were, and. I mean, he, he said this is a very talented team and, and with a great coach. But clearly, the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle are not fit, fitting together.
2: Tom Murphy with us here on the McCarty-Daniel Hotline, Whole Hog Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, what do you think about Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan for Los Angeles and the Chargers?
4: Well, I have to say, I think with all the stuff that happened with the program, and he probably felt like getting away from that was his best career move loves California, and even though I held out hope that we might be able to land him with the Falcons, um, I think going to California is a better deal for him. So, uh, But, you know, it looks to me like you just, just push your own more up, and you had the guy who led you to, to all your interim wins that clearly has some respect of the roster, and, and you just move on if you're Michigan. It's going to be harder to recreate, obviously, um, with all the losses they had, personnel losses, but Man, you look around. Alabama had a ton. Uh, I was shocked how many people left Washington. it's it's what's going on in the college game today. Nothing surprises you anymore, but gosh, put yourself back ten years and say you're Washington and that many guys leave your team it's it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and I know Will Rogers announced already or maybe, who is Pete Thamel that he is staying to Washington under Jed Fish, so uh, they are at least keeping one of their their star players, who's a transfer this next year. Now, one of the, uh, Arkansas had several transfers out this this calendar year, and I guess we'll wait and see who transfers down the spring, but one of the guys that stayed was Isaiah Satania. Uh, we got a chance to catch up with him yesterday. Uh, he'd said all the cliches, like, excited for the season, I've gotten better, worked harder. Like, that's just typical football stuff. But under Petrino, how he utilizes speed, I know he hadn't seen it the first two years because he's a young kid, he's still putting on weight. But, Tom, what do you envision for him in Bobby Petrino's offense?
4: Um, those underneath routes that, that Petrino is so famous for. And I have to tell you, we talked about this early in the season, but you watched them in camp and you watched them in spring, they threw the ball to Satania all the time. And and, and it's just like the, the, when Dan Enos was fired, Sam Pittman's response was, well, we we would practice one thing and we'd get out there on game day and we didn't do it. And we're talking about being, you know having KJ Mobile in the pocket and all those things. And you, d- you don't understand, as a football team, practice time is valuable. And so you do, in practice, what you're going to, re- you know, recreate on game day. And the fact that they weren't throwing to Satania, and the thing about him is, if you get a block or two, it- he'll go to the house on you. And-, and so it was just, it was mind-numbing or head-scratching that they didn't throw the ball to Satania when it got to game time. So... Bobby Petrino will identify his playmakers, and he will get the ball in their hands. That is an unquestioned fact of an offense Petrino.
2: Tom, we'll leave it there, man. Appreciate the time. We'll see what the Arkansas Razorback basketball team does against Kentucky this Saturday at 5 o'clock.
3: Thanks, guys. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports joining us on the McClarty daniel hotline. I mean, you're going to be on the national stage, a lot of bright lights, game day coming, um, you know, you'd like to think that, hey, Chuck, this is going to be the, the one that wakes them up and, hey, we we got some pride about ourselves. We're going, we're going to plug it in today. You know, it's, you know, you're going to flip a switch, whatever. I just don't have a lot of hope that's going to happen on Saturday against Kentucky.
1: If they've got a great game in them, and I don't know if they do, but if they've got a great game in them, we'll see it Saturday. Now, we may see them revert back to what we saw last night when they go to Missouri and LSU next week. But I'll bet they play a great game Saturday. I'm not saying they're going to win. It is impossible for me to believe that college game day will be at Bud Walton Arena and the Razorbacks will get blown out. That is just impossible for me to believe, and I don't believe it's going to happen. Well, we'll see. That
2: opens, just some info on college game day. Doors open at 9 a.m. The show starts at 10. Free public parking is available in Lot 56. And they're giving out for the game later that night twelve thousand uh, glow sticks. So they're doing a red glow uh, this halftime performance something. So that's kind of what the setup is for for this Saturday.
1: Yeah, we need to clarify there. 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 There's no admission fee. If you want to come watch mm-hmm. game day, it's absolutely free. You can park. You can walk in. You can see it now. You know, you're not going to be able to stow away the rest of the day, and you know, <laughs> stay for the game at five. You can't hide in the bathroom all afternoon, but you'll have to have a ticket for the game that night. But you can come watch game day at no charge, open parking, and uh, um, just it, it. It's interesting to watch how those things are set up, how they operate. And I think people would enjoy watching can't, it.
2: can't hide in an air duct or stand on the toilet when uh, people I are. don't
3: know. Maybe somebody can pull it off. I don't <laughs> know. Live hey, you get to be in the, the uh the live television audience. So um it's it's rare that you get to do that. I, I was you thinking got your of, sign made up Ty?
2: Well, I was thinking about pain in my chest and uh unfortunately last night I did not go by pain after what I what I saw. I hope you're and right. You
1: still got time. You still got time. Yeah, yeah,
2: but I'm down in the dumps. I'm about as uh as poor a, uh, a poor a mood as I've been under yeah. since Eric Musselman got here. But hopefully game day, like you're saying, they really resurrect that.
3: Yeah. Well, one thing you need, if you're going to go and you're going to be in the audience, Chuck, you need to have a good haircut. And you need to look your best because you're going to be on TV. You won't make your mama proud on Saturday. That'll, that'll be
1: important to tie, I'm sure, on yeah. Saturday. These <laughs> barbershops where you need to go to get ready, they'll have you looking good. Um, you know they've got two locations in northwest arkansas and the thing that i think you'll find when you go to V's barbershop is if 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 you've been one who's been going to the barbershop your entire life this is going to perhaps remind you of what it was like back when it was a ritual when you went every day maybe a certain day every week with your dad or your granddad you're going to feel that Uh, you're going to smell the leather chairs Uh, there's going to be some nostalgia involved But there's also going to be all the modern day conveniences. There's going to be a television there. You can watch ESPN. You can watch the news. You can take a break. And you're going to look good when you walk out. It's a lot more than just a haircut now. It's a full service barbershop. Lots of other things that they offer as well. Uh, They'll make you feel good and they'll make you look good. Again, two locations in Northwest Arkansas. They're in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers. They're on Southwest 14th Street in Bentonville. Two locations in West Little Rock. And you can always. Always log on to vbarbershop.com. All right. I'm excited about our
2: hog update coming up. If you missed our conversation with Isaiah, we'll play a few clips from it. Uh, we've got some news on Frank Ragnall. Uh, one of the things we were talking with Isaiah yesterday about was our uh, Miracles and Magic Radiothon with Arkansas Children's Northwest. Evidently, a lot of Lions fans have contributed to Frank Ragnow's charity as well, so that's kind of a cool thing. And there's some other softball news, other football news, and basketball news that we'll get into coming up in just a bit. online. We're made your number one source for all- all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games right through the Final Four and the championship game. BetOnline is where your college basketball headquarters are this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to Receive your bonus. That's B L E A V. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, let's start with our conversation with Isaiah Satania yesterday. And when asked about the upcoming season, as I kind of referred to Tom about, here's what he said how he thinks he envisions Bobby's offense and him under it this year. This year, I feel like I'm going to take a big step forward and, you know, really show everybody my talent because I feel like
4: they haven't seen it yet. You know, whenever Bobby got hired, I had so many text messages, so many calls, and just so many people blowing up my phone. And, you know, it was really a blessing to just get one of the best offensive coordinators, offensive minds in the game. I can't wait to really trust in him and just see where he can take my game.
2: I would guess that the majority of the offensive players are excited, like Isaiah. I know Arkansas fans were excited when that hire was made. It's, uh, Chuck, I know it's a long way out. We're 216 days out from August 31st, but uh, even a little crumb like, talking to Isaiah yesterday keeps the fans going when it comes to this season.
1: Well, I think what Tom said earlier is right on the mark. I've seen Coach Petrino many, many times uh, run those drag routes with... uh, those uh, those those receivers, and I would think Satania would be perfect for that.
2: I did too. Now, Tommy, we do want to mention, we we did have an anonymous $500 donation yesterday to our Miracles and Magic Radiothon on HitThatLine.com. Again, partnering with Arkansas Children's North, Northwest. Whoever yeah, did that, well, I would you. guess as a listener, we really appreciate it. And again, to all the kids out there that are, are suffering and going through stuff, that is a, a huge deal
3: for them. I think we had seven or eight donations, and you know, there were Twenty dollar donations and then one anonymous five hundred dollar donation. Thank you. I mean, thank you to whether it's twenty or five hundred, doesn't matter. If you got ten bucks, five bucks, doesn't, all of the money goes and stays right here in Northwest Arkansas to support children's uh, children's hospital in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, you don't have to look very far, and it, every family has someone either a, a cousin, a grandkid, a sister, a brother, somebody that has had to to have a family member or their own go to Children's Northwest or Children's Hospital in Little Rock. We got the best pediatric care in our, in the country, right here in our state. We're glad to have it. It's it's comforting to know it's there, particularly if you, you know, raise kids, you know exactly that, that, that worry, that anxiety you have in the the pit of your stomach, knowing they're there is just eases that a little bit. So, you know, anything we can do to have time and Ruskin and Zach as well to see which show can raise the most. So, uh, help us out. Go to hitthatline.com. Help Children's Arkansas Children's Hospital in Northwest Arkansas out. Um, and you can do that. But hitthatline.com. Click on Children's Fundraiser and the Morning Rush link.
2: Chuck, I'm not saying you should give a Morning Rush plug during the game to, to donate, but I'm not saying you, you, you shouldn't do that either. <laughs> Um,
0: okay, I, <laughs> well, thank
3: you. <laughs> uh, he appreciates your permission. Yeah, Frank yeah.
2: Ragnow yeah. um, also has a, a foundation with Lions fans, and I thought it was pretty cool. Evidently, they contributed like 20 grand to him after he played through multiple injuries. We mentioned it this week. He suffered a sprained knee And a some other spread. I think it was a foot or something, but just crucial stuff. He's battling all game long. And he just wanted to thank Lions fans for their contributions as well.
1: I talked to someone with the foundation yesterday and it was over 20 grand. So hats off to Lions fans. That's like completely unnecessary, but so, so special. And it just speaks to this, how great this community is and how supportive these fans are. Again, it's been a fun ride.
2: You talk about someone that has really just come into the spotlight the last few years. I mean, you got Dan Campbell talking about him. He's on the, the post-game interview with his quarterback, Jared Goff. Uh, I mean, you can make a case there's no more player, important player to the NFC North champion, Detroit Lions, than Frank Ragnow.
1: Frank's a good guy, and I think others are perhaps discovering that now. I don't think anyone who knows him is surprised by anything number 1 that he's able to do in football number 2 that you know he's the kind of person that you know you just described and we just heard from him there a moment ago and people respond to that people fans particularly i mean they uh, they've got a pretty good sense oftentimes among the players they watch about who's real and who's not and frank now is and i think they've responded to that and they'll continue to
2: yeah hopefully the uh the lions and the 49ers a good game this weekend again prominent arkansas razorbacks and- young kid from Fayetteville, and Dre Greenlaw. All right, last thing here in your Hog update, Arkansas softball, you've got Nia Carter, Rylan Hedgecock, and Reagan Johnson were named to the softball preseason top 50 players of the year, and also Hedgecock was named preseason all sec by the coaches, and they were picked to pick fourth this season that's what the uh came out for the conference yesterday out of Birmingham so that's going to do it for your hog update this morning brought to you by our friends at Mr Sparky you
5: don't have to put up with any call. hey 888 eight sparky
2: guys for the first time all season alabama goes down in conference or excuse me auburn goes down in conference play they lose by four on the road in coleman coliseum last night It was a good game Uh, lsu uh, lost a tight one to georgia by two in athens and then florida beat mississippi state but the most entertaining game to me last night was that auburn alabama game i mean you had two coaches going at it that's always a it's not the degree of football but uh it was a great game last night
3: not a surprise that uh, Alabama gets that win. Auburn, you know, wasn't going to go undefeated forever. Rivalry game on the road. Chuck, I wasn't wasn't really surprised by that at all. Uh, did not make Auburn any less of a team. You knew Alabama was good and uh, kind of what you expect when those two get together.
1: Yeah, obviously, I didn't get to see it last night, but uh, saw the score and Alabama won. I guess the home teams all won last night uh, in the SEC, and so knew it was going to be tough for Auburn to go in there and win. Auburn's Auburn's a really good team. Uh, Alabama is as well. And I don't know what their schedules are. I'm assuming they play one another a second time. And I'll bet when they play at Auburn, it's the other way around. I would I would guess that
2: when they go to the jungle at, at that point. If they
1: do, and I'm not seeing their schedules. I don't know. But if they do, Auburn will win that
2: game. I think, I, I think that they play each other uh, twice a year. I think you're correct in assuming that. But I'll have to double-check it as well. The SEC to this point with – The Auburn Tigers losing last night. There's not a single team in SEC play that's defeated. Kentucky now has two conference losses. You got Tennessee and Alabama um, and Auburn all kind of up there uh, neck and neck to this point. But uh, they've got, I would say, between Auburn, Tennessee, I don't know if I'd put Alabama in that category yet, um, but they, again, did get a crucial win last night. You've got a couple teams that are worthy of being in that Final Four conversation. I would say probably three with Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn from what I've seen to this point.
1: Maybe. Um, I think Tennessee right now is the best of the three. I don't know what it'll be like when we get to March. But right now, Tennessee's the best of those three. Yeah, Dalton
2: Connect's been unbelievable. I know Arkansas fans... Wish that you'd have him on this team. I know Arkansas made contact to him at some point. Don't really know the the final uh, prognosis of what happened during that recruiting process, but you'd love to have a kid like him on your roster. You don't. He's in Knoxville, unfortunately. Probably going to win. I think Chuck, he said a week or so ago, he's probably potentially the player of the year in the SEC, and he's playing every bit like that. He keeps scoring like 30-something I think he points.
1: will be. I think he will be. It's one he thing. had 39 the same night Wade Taylor had 41.
2: Yeah, it's one thing to score 30-plus in non-conference. It's another thing to do it in SEC play, and he's he's shooting the ball just out of this world
0: right now. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McLarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle.
2: Eric Musselman's voice following last night's loss to Ole Miss. Now, 1-5 in in conference play. College game day in the house on Saturday. Kentucky coming in 5 o'clock on ESPN. Will this team respond? Will this team rally? Maybe without a couple key players on Saturday. Don't know Tremont's marks and Trevin Brazil's status. We will talk basketball coming up, but I think there is a pressing issue that needs to be brought up. And these bandwagon KC fans on a too stupid Thursday <laughs> that are just insufferable. Not the worst in sports, like those toothless Alabama fans, or the illiterate Kentucky basketball fans, or the weird Aggie fans. But they're getting they're they're climbing. They're getting up there, and we'll tell you why coming up.
3: All right. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, Sunday's going to be a big day. Uh, one of my favorite sports days of the year: AFC, NFC championship games. Go to the Bet Saracen app right now. Baltimore favored by four against uh, ties, Kansas City Chiefs, and then uh, San Francisco laying seven to Detroit. You can get all, not just that, the over-unders, but also player prop bets and other special bets, and look on there and find out more about the 10% parlay bonus that's available as well. So spreads, money line, total points, it's all there for you. You can get action right now. Again, seven points uh, being laid by the Niners, and Baltimore giving up four to the Chiefs. Go to the Saracen app, download it in the uh, App Store, wherever you get your apps on android or on the apple uh, app store and uh, have some fun also go to bettsaracin.com and watch the uh, fun videos that kind of give you a little tutorial on how to use the app and how to play it as well it's all at bettsaracin and bettsaracin.com
0: This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Mach One Financial. Mach One Financial Group, LLC, is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit slash disclosures.
2: You know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because there are more bandwagon fans in 2024. Than there have ever been, not just of the Kansas City Chiefs, but any team on the cusp of a championship that just won a championship or whatever the case may be. Now, I realize that Patrick Mahomes is hard to root against. I love watching that guy play. I am not a Chiefs fan, but I re- respect everything he's done. But what well, you think about the addition of Taylor Swift, which you bring in all the Swifties. Do you think about all the Chiefs fans that have said they've been fans for countless number of years, even though that the previous 20 years where they didn't do anything, you didn't hear about their Chiefs fandom or Chiefs kingdom or anything. Guys, is it, is it as stupid as I think it is how many people have jumped on the Chiefs bandwagon as close as they are to Arkansas? Or should I just let this go? I think
3: it's stupid. Jumped what do you on guys it this think? year or... Because I, well, I don't feel like they, there's been a lot of newcomers this year last, other than the Swifties. Correct me if I'm wrong, that the last,
2: again, they've had a lot of success, six straight AFC championship appearances. They've been to three Super Bowls and in in this time span, and they could be a fourth this year. In that six-year span, we have seen more Kansas City Chiefs fans in our listening area and across the state of Arkansas, more bandwagon jumpers, or or the closet ones that came out that were fans when i I guess it would have been the Joe Mo- little stretch of Joe, Montana, maybe another stretch before that, and then now it 's like, oh my gosh i 've been a chiefs fan my entire life. no, you haven 't you just either you just joined the bandwagon or you jump back in after twenty years of silence, basically, Chuck,
1: I know you want to pile on this don 't be shy no i i 'm just listening to you. i don 't disagree with a lot of what you 're saying. I know a lot of people in Northwest Arkansas who um are bandwagon Chiefs fans. But they're Patrick Mahomes fans. That's Patrick Mahomes inspired. And the fact that they're good, and the fact that you can get from Fayetteville to that stadium, unless, oh yeah, there are some Chiefs fans who've, who've hopped on the bandwagon. And they, uh, you know, I hear you on that. They get under my skin too. They don't, uh, hey, they don't reminisce about the Steve DeBerg era no. or anything, <laughs> uh, you know, anything like that. I remember, of course, when, you know Emmett Thomas and Elmo Wright and some of those greats played back then. I'm sure a lot of them don't know who those guys are. They had no idea because they were Chiefs fans then. Well, I but 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 you know, I mean, that's just kind of how it works now. That's just how it works. They're they're like those lifetime Cubs
3: fans since 2016. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of people that have been Kansas City Royals fans for a number of years through the thick and the thin. They don't the, say that out loud. well. But I think you just jump across the parking lot. I think it's become easy in the last six years that well, I'm already a Royals fan. I'll just be a Chiefs fan too. Yeah, I, I think maybe so. one team's think, actually good. Right. By, by the way, they're I coming, know the roads. I know the parking lot. Know how to get there. All that stuff for the Royals fans listening.
2: They're coming to uh, Springdale in March. I think March 25th
3: for right. an exhibition. He says with confidence.
2: I, I saw it for an <laughs> exhibition game against. Uh, uh, the, what, what? More naturals. confidence. Yeah, Natural. Naturals. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Michael texted on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He said he's very glad that I addressed the bandwagon Chiefs fan because most of them did not exist until 2019. Now, what you said is I fair. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, what you said is fair about Taylor Swift, and I don't begrudge any. My wife's
3: been watching, but she's not. She don't know where this pumped her stuff. She I, just. She just likes watching the games for Taylor
2: Swift. I want to separate something because I think it's cool when a young daughter has father-daughter time, watches the game with their dad. I've Again, I have friends that are in their 40s and 50s that their daughter doesn't care about football at all, but it has been an excuse to watch that said game with their daughter. So I want to exclude that group of young ladies, however old are. I want to exclude that, but I'm going to just go at the men here. This is a sexist conversation. I'm just going to pile on the men that have jumped on the bandwagon. That didn't care, didn't know names, didn't know any of the players that you formally mentioned. And that's happened. And it's a good chunk of them, too. And we got text already in the McCarty Daniel hotline here this morning. Now, apparently, I was wrong and incorrect about Patrick Mahomes being easy to root for because many a text have said he's hard to root for. Uh, he's uh Aaron from Speendale says I'm smoking this morning. He's the most dislikable quarterback in the National Football League. I love watching that guy play. He plays with a passion, a Brett Favre like approach. I don't like the Chiefs, but I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. Kind of like Brady and the the New England Patriots. I saw his passion. I saw his intensity. I saw his desire. That didn't make me like the Patriots, but I still there there's just that same comparison, I think, between those two the same passion that you see from them too, Chuck, has not been for the entire lives of most of these Chief fans that have hopped on, especially here in Arkansas too, because it's easy. It's like you said, it's four less than four hours to go to Kansas City, and there's more flags here that I've seen the last six years than I've ever seen in my entire life of Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs fans. It's unbelievable,
1: but I guess that's I, winning. I, I see them. Winning will do that. People will mm-hmm. root for you and like you when uh, – when they win i mean look there's a lot of attention around him uh that's what happens when you win championships and um i mean my gosh they've made andy reed a media star i mean when you win anything can happen i love andy reed he's great but uh he's, he's he's not the most telegenic guy out there but he's uh, he's all over the place because they're good and he uh he, he takes it all in good humor
2: now, Chris in Fayetteville blames his in-laws because he married into a Chiefs family, and now he's a, uh, and now he's a Chiefs fan. Robert and Fort Smith says he's always hated the Chiefs, and now he hates them even more because of the Taylor Swift
1: fans that have hopped on board at this point. I don't know why people are upset about that. Now, let me say this. I couldn't name you one Taylor Swift song I honest to God couldn't. I'm with when you. When that announcer did the play on words when Kelsey scored the touchdown <laughs> and he did the play on words about her song, I had no idea yeah. what he was talking about. It was lost on me. But 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 this doesn't bother me. I mean, so what? It's not like the first it's the first time they've shown a celebrity in a box when somebody scores a touchdown or screws up. I mean, uh, it's happened before do not I d I, I don't I don't get why people are upset about that.
2: We got a text here from Jackie, and I want your opinion, because you're the Cowboy fan of this group. Jackie says so when the Cowboys finally break through, all those fans will come out of the woodworks. Will you welcome them or you say, I'm the true fan? You haven't cared in twenty some odd years since they won a the Super Bowl. How how will you approach the Dallas Cowboy fans that come out of the woodwork?
1: Well, to... let's 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 get to the Super Bowl and we'll we'll cross <laughs> that bridge when we get there. It's been a twenty five year process and Um, when we get there, we'll, we'll make that call. I guess I I take, they are America's team Ty. They're still America's team. goes. don't you ever forget it. (laughs) Don't you ever forget it.
2: I guess I take a different approach with Arkansas Razorback sports than I do with professional sports because I I, I have some NWA transplant, transplants, morning rush listeners that went to Iowa, Wisconsin. I mean, you drive around Northwest Arkansas now with Walmart, Tyson, JB Hunt, you name it. There's a lot of different college flags out there but what Later they've do, what they've done is the Razorbacks are their second team. They get here and they're like, "I didn't damn, hey, these guys are these guys and gals are passionate about this school in Fayetteville and they jump on board. That's okay. That's fine. You want to be an Arkansas fan? You're a Northwest Arkansas you person. You come to man, us, you, it's you, great. It's great. But not the Chiefs or the Cowboys or any other professional team. You come to us, we'll take you. Just not the Chiefs. Mike in Mountain Home has some thoughts this morning. He's with us on the McCarty-Daniel Hotline. Mike, am I right or wrong Matthew on this? Really? Yes. What's up, man? I was just calling to give my opinion about the Mountain Home Chiefs fans. I mean, I know my situation is a little
5: different. 1961, I was born in Kansas City. I can still name you practically every player from the mid-'60s on. Curly if Colt, I Colt baby. To- Willie Lanier. But, uh,
1: Willie Lanier,
5: me, Cannon. Johnny Robinson. I mean, when you go know to Curlico, they had a lot of cool names back then, too. But, Chuck, I want to talk to you about, about none of this about the Steve burger. Yeah, we did. I mean, we absolutely sucked for 20 years until Marty Schottenheimer came in.
1: And you're right.
5: He was the first quarterback he had. Um, yeah, you know, we start naming some guys for the first
1: Steve In DeBerg, hey, Steve DeBerg was not a bad pro. I'm just throwing that out
5: there. Maybe it was Christian McCoy or Marcus Allen. or Well, Marcus came later after DeBerg, actually. But uh, um, I'm from, from Iowa. But uh, uh, there was a lot like, of exodus from that area over there that moved to Kansas City. I still got cousins that live up there. There's a lot of people that I went to school with. We were all born in Kansas City, but, of course, Arkansas was their home. Just a little bit, not, not kicked off, just a little bit aggravated, because there's a lot more real fans than what you actually think about.
1: I'm sure there I understand are.
5: what you're saying.
1: Ty's just picking so anyway, up. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but if you don't talk bandwagon fans, I mean, the
5: Razorbacks are the worst. The absolute worst. And I'm and I'm one of them. Although I know some myself I'm
3: talking way too fast. I got too much talking. <laughs> well, eight o'clock games
2: will do that. Mike, Mike, this portion of this morning, we appreciate your calls not directed at you. You gave more. You cited more than enough examples in that two minute bit than most of the Chiefs fans listening right now. You're a true fan. You're excluded from the group that I'm yelling at this morning. Now Kristen Fayville says that his mom apparently dated Lynn Dawson's nephew back in the day. So he has that Chiefs connected. Does that make him a true fan? That his mom dated Lynn Dawson's nephew? Does that give him a free pass? Eh, yeah, she's got, got she's got street cred in okay. Kansas City. <laughs> Mike's uh I think Mike has a free pass to Kansas no. and it's Lynn, da-
3: Lynn Dawson is royalty. Now his nephew I I'm not sure about so but I guess it was that Who's Kevin Bacon, nephew? seven, seven degrees of, uh, I thought you said, Oh, is okay. Yeah, him. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the date and the nephew gives you a, a leg up, but you know, what is it? Kevin Bacon, seven degrees of separation or whatever. That I think that's where we're going with that.
2: Again, so. there is a difference between jumping on the Arkansas Razorbacks, any sport bandwagon. That is okay. It's perfectly acceptable. But if you do it with a professional team, and if you do it with the team outside of the state, you're the scum of the earth. That's just how it is this morning. And if you disagree, you can call our us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. Now, what I will say about the Kansas City Chiefs organization, not only hiring Andy Reid, but moving on from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes has worked out. Six straight AFC appearances, three Super Bowls, maybe a fourth this year. Even Lamar Jackson doesn't want to compete against Mahomes. I
4: don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no brand. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. I believe it's just two greats, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight heavyweight matchup that's that's just what i
2: see guys we could have not asked for a better transition in the national football league than going from tom brady to Mahomes. it's a bummer that we only got to see these guys play twice in the postseason the afc championship and the super bowl one was an epic game where brady moved on the other one brady just blew out i would say the only bad part of that transition moving on from brady to him is the fact that these guys just didn't get a chance to compete enough because brady was winding down Mahomes was just getting started um, there's times in sports, in the MLB, in the NBA, in National Football League, do you have dead periods? No one captivates a fan base or a franchise or a uh, really a segment of those fans enough. I think it was all, it, the only comparison, it, it, you can't reach it yet, but when you had Magic and, and Bird and then you transition to Michael, nothing will ever top that. But, guys, the NFL's in a great spot right now. You had 40-plus million people watching that Bill's Chiefs divisional game I mean it's and I'm just happy because I don't like dry spells in sports
3: where I feel like there's no captivating story it's it's right here I mean, in front the, of us these are stars I mean you have household names Taylor Swift not even putting not 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 one down might well clearly the biggest star at the game but then Mahomes Allen I mean you just keep going so, I mean that's what brings 40 million people to watch you know the 40 million-plus watched the Lions, too. I mean, it's a captivating story. I mean, is there anything – and I know we're sports fans, so, you know, we're speaking to the base here, but what's more entertaining on television right now? I don't want to watch the news. That inter- Does that inspire you? No. So, you know, sports is – sports, I mean, I know we're junkies, but it, it's the best option on TV right now.
1: Well, you look at the television viewing numbers, and it's live events that draw people i mean people like the human drama and sports gives you the human drama and they like that and people particularly when you get to this part of the nfl season i mean it's good right now yeah and the best players are playing and so that's what i think attracts people as well and we're into the winter months when you know a lot of people are um they're shut in you know in a lot of our country you're shut in during january and february and College basketball has become almost a one-month sport for a lot of people. So I don't know how much national traction it has, really. I mean, it's not drawing 40 million people. I know that. Um, Or, you know, even 1 million people a lot of nights. So, you know, look, the NFL rules the roost. In our part of the country, college sports is king. But nationally, the NFL rules the roost. And the major markets in our country – The National Football League is the undisputed king, and it's not even close.
2: I do think it's unique that, again, Kansas City's a a bigger metropolitan area than you see some SEC towns, and I always talk to our friend Brett Norsworthy-Stats, who does radio in Memphis, about this. In our section of the world, Chuck, you got, like, Oxford, Mississippi, and I know Fayetteville's a lot better than it used to be, but Fayetteville, Arkansas, Starkville, I mean, these towns that – you wouldn't expect anything big to happen, and if you were just a, a casual observer coming in in the summer, but I mean, on a fall Saturday, there there is nothing better. And i it'll never reach the the level of the National Football League we're talking about, but there is something just I think a little more significant and more appealing at times that these smaller, less heralded towns than the bigger cities we see the NFL franchises in. That's the centerpiece of our world each and every Saturday during the fall.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, people are, generally speaking, interested in the teams around them. You know, and um, in the South, we are interested in the college teams because they're the ones that are around us. You know, um, a lot of the sports, professional sports, didn't come South until the 60s. And a lot of the teams that are in the South now weren't around until the 70s. So, you know, but the college teams have been around forever, it seems like. And so you just don't have the, you know, the, the the big cities in the deep south like you do in a lot of spots with the exception of, you know, a few places here and there. And so consequently, I mean, look, if, if, if you're in Detroit, for example, right now, um, you know, Detroit, let's just be blunt about it. From a national perspective, they've not had a whole lot to be proud of over the last 20 or 30 years, at least in terms of national perception. Well, your sports team's what gives you that calling card and for you look at our state and how the Razorbacks became our calling card but I, I just think a lot of it depends on where you are and uh, if you're in a metropolitan area it's all about the NFL if you're in a state where there's an NFL team it's all about that team Oklahoma is as big a football state as there is but the Oklahoma City Thunder capture the imagination of everybody because it's pro sports and there's a dynamic to it that's attractive